Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. All right, y'all ready to get cracking? All right, go ahead and turn in your Bibles ahead to Habakkuk 2.14. It should take you a while to find it. And uh, while you're looking, I'm going to get started. Um, We want to do something here the first day of the year. Habakkuk's kind of in the middle. For those of you who are new to the Bible, there's also a table of contents at the front. Super helpful. Um, It's right before Matthew. And just keep turning left for a minute, okay? Um, As we're approaching 2020, I've always had this pet peeve. I hate when people talk about um, churches just forming vision because I I believe that the vision of the church has already been kind of laid out for us, right? And we talked about that last week, even as we were talking about purpose, God's incredible purpose, and then how our specific purpose fits inside of that. Uh, And so for us, we're not searching for some vision that is detached from what God has already told us. We're trying to figure out what it looks like for us to lean into what he has already said and what he continues to say to our body this year. Uh, So our mission in Fountain City Church is to multiply families of missionary disciples everywhere the Spirit leads us. To multiply families of missionary disciples everywhere the Spirit leads us. Uh, And so there's something powerful, even this morning, how many of you just experienced the presence of God and the peace of God in worship? Like There is something transactional that happens when you begin to worship. For some of you, you're new to church and you're like, why are they lifting their hands? Man, when I surrender physically and emotionally and spiritually to the God of all creation, there's a transaction, a spiritual transaction taking place where God meets with us. And there's something really powerful that happens in these congregations where people come together for the purpose of worshiping God and praying together and where we start to really experience this thing that we call family. You know, it sounds sexy, hard to produce, hard to create community and atmosphere because you know as well as I do, People are messy, right? People are tricky. We have different priorities. We have different things that drive us. Some of us have kids. Some of us don't. Some of us have really difficult work schedules. Some of us don't. But in the middle of all of that, God calls us not into a church program. He calls us into a family that he calls the church, the called out ones, those who are called out of the world into the the family of God. You're this new thing now, and you're finding your identity with other people who are also calling on and following Jesus with everything they've got. And so we really believe in this Acts 2.42 call to devote ourselves to one another and to share all that we have with other Christ followers as they have need. How many of you know that is so beautiful and such a challenge? To devote yourself to the people sitting to the left and the right of you that you don't really know But somehow God says, that's your brother and sister. Figure out how to love them really well. Figure out how to love them how I love them. And so we're leaning into this identity as family. But we're not just family. We're also disciples. We are people being actively transformed by the life of Jesus and by his spirit who's at work in us and in this community. Right? And so we are family. We're learning to gain this identity of who we are together. But we are also We are people being transformed as we are taking on the way of life of Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit who is doing this work in you, and you are doing it with Him. You are partnering with Him. How many of you know you affect your own discipleship? Like you can grow quicker. 
God doesn't have to force you to become like him. In fact, he doesn't, he won't do that. He wants you to partner with him. And that means like digging your life into the scriptures and committing to these crazy things called communities, midweek communities where you're just, you're hanging out with people who are different than you. But somehow you start to see your face on their face and their struggle becomes your struggle. And, and the, God is teaching you what it means to be a disciple and to follow him. Um, and finally, we're missionaries. That New Testament word apostle means that you are a sent one. And whether you carry the office of an apostle, which probably none of us do, I don't know, <laughs> or you just operate in the function of an apostle, which means that everywhere you go, you are bringing the light into the darkness. You are taking the gospel to people who have never heard it. No matter who you are, we all represent that. We are all missionaries to a culture that is largely lost. If you go into our city today, wherever you're from, uh, in Columbus, the New Age movement is growing by leaps and bounds, atheism and agnosticism by leaps and bounds. Um, and in the midst of that, the gospel's still going forward. In the midst of hundreds of churches in our community, there is still a need. Over half of our community still does not walk with Jesus or know his name. They don't really know who he is. And so there is still a need for missionaries. And so we believe in the, the gathering of people, the congregation. We believe in discipleship and transformation. And finally, man, we believe in multiplication and mobilization. Now, those are big Asian words, right? But at the heart of all of those is this idea that your life has a purpose that goes beyond you. That it is about God's great purpose in the earth. This is our mission and our mission is going to drive us all the time. But this year, I want to just ask what that means so that you know where we're going to be spending our time and energy and resources for the next 12 months. At least I think, okay? If I'm terribly wrong in April, I'll admit it and we'll start over. How does that sound? Good? Okay, perfect. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of pride built into this because I don't know what I'm doing, so it's excellent. Um, the two things that I feel like God has put in our heart for this year is that uh, we're going to be focusing primarily on family and discipleship. The mission part is coming, and I really want to talk a little bit about the why we exist. What is it that God has put us here for uniquely as Fountain City Church? Because we're not, we don't have the same assignment as every other church in our community. Yes, we share the big purpose of God, but God has called us to some specific things. And you being here means that you're going to take part in that. It's going to start to affect like how you see church and God and life, and it may actually shape the way that you do stuff, right? And so the two areas that I believe God has really put in my heart that we, we're going to be focusing on this year is, number one, we're going to cultivate the soil beneath our feet, okay? We're cultivating the ground right underneath us, and secondly, we're going to be building telescopes, all right? Those are the two things we're doing this year. Now you're like, okay, Grant, why don't you unpack that a little bit? I will. Thank you for asking. I, I find it really interesting that Jesus, before he departs to go and be with the Father, he stops and he tells his disciples, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. But they don't yet have the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He tells them to do something that requires the Holy Spirit before they receive the Holy Spirit. And for many of us, God extends a purpose over our church and over your life. It's a dream and a vision, and it comes before the means to accomplish it. Are you with me? So he speaks this purpose and this destiny over you, 
And then you say, I don't have what I need. And he says, I know. That's the point. I'm going to speak the promise, and then you're going to enter into a process where you become the kind of person who is able to do the things that I've called you to do. And it's going to come by way of the Holy Spirit and by way of the Word and by way of community, but it's going to come. But God always speaks this purpose out ahead of the provision. He always tells us this thing is coming before he gets ready. For so many of us, we spend most of our life trying to get ready for something before we step into it. And that seems great, except in faith, in the kingdom of God, it rarely works like that. It most often works, like we talk about prophecy. How many of you, the word prophecy makes you squirm just a little? It's okay if you're not from that background. Many of us are from charismatic backgrounds where prophecy was normal, okay? Prophecy means we get the heart of God for someone or something, and oftentimes that God speaks about the end and declares that when we're still at the beginning. That's problematic, (laughs) because if you're like me, impatient, you see the end goal and say, well, let's get there. Let's just do that. And he says, well, well, that's perfect, but you're not the you that you need to be to get to the end goal. I have introduced the end goal so that you will start the journey to it. Are you with me? Okay, is it up here? Okay, makes sense. All right, I just want to make sure. So God gives us, thank you. I don't know who it was. Thank you, Casey. So God gives us the mandate and the mission before he gives us the means And the reason this is important is that the global vision of God, that Matthew 28 call to go into all the world, that drives what the church does on the local level, or it's supposed to, right? We have this mission and this mandate, and that vision drives everything else. But the global vision cannot exist without the local vision. Going to the nations is impossible if we don't have groups of people who are deeply rooted in Christ and rooted in community and capable of going to the nations. Are you with me? If you can give me feedback, that would be fantastic today because I feel like I'm lingering out on the precipice of nowhere. Um, What we do here directly impacts everything else that God has called us to. And for some of you, you have these dynamic passions and dreams for your life. They're way out there. And you're way back here, and you have to build a life and a lifestyle that enables you to get there. And God is in that. And as God is holding out this vision for our church, for Fountain City, of what he wants to do, guys, it it is all over the map, literally. Like for me, I have dreams about other nations. I have dreams about cities. And we're going to talk more about that because I believe we have to live on that why we exist. Like that is our bread and butter as the church. But then we also have to be willing to root our feet in what God is doing right here in Columbus and in East Highland community and in your life and family so that you will be prepared to go to nations, so that you will be prepared to multiply what God is doing in your life in other places. Um, And so he has called you to a purpose that demands you to grow into this process. As we look forward in this year of what God wants to do, we're going to do so with a shovel in one hand, like committing to the ground under our feet and developing and cultivating what God is doing here, like literally in this building. I've spent more time in this building walking around and saying, oh God, what do you want with this place? Oh God, what do you want with this place? Than anything else. And I believe in this next year, God is giving us a clearer vision of how we're using this space so that we multiply people and send them. 
Um, Dustin's been taking on a, a bigger, a larger role in helping to give oversight to what happens on a grand scale in this building. Um, and so we're, we're dreaming, we're vision casting about what happens here, but what's happening in you? Who cares if we get a building ready, if I got a bunch of people who don't know what their purpose is and who aren't burning with desire for the presence of Jesus? Who cares? Who cares if we get the floors fixed perfectly? If you're not longing to be with him, if you're not longing, if your heart's not burning for nations of the world, that you don't know their language or their culture, but you know that they need Jesus and you feel like he's calling you to be a part of it, right? God is calling us to cultivate the ground under our feet, our facility, and in your life and families and in your workplaces, because what happens here influences our ability to go there, right? So we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about how we're going to cultivate that ground beneath our feet, how we're going to plow and till the soil here to make a fertile place for God to do what he wants to do. We're going to talk about the places of impact that God is calling us to uh, and how you can contribute, how you can take part in that, because this is ultimately about you. It's about God taking your life as raw material. He's put his thumbprint deep into you and he's going to breathe his life in you and change you, and transform you, and use you for his glory. Amen? And that's good news. If it's in Plains, if it's in Phoenix City, if it's in Columbus, that's God's purpose. But today, before we dig into the how we're going to do it locally, I want to talk about telescopes. I don't want us to just be people who are shoveling up the ground under our feet and preparing this, but people who are keeping our eyes on the stars and understanding what, what God is saying. That we're dreaming out past what we can get to and what we can reach in our own strength because God is a God of big vision, right? And so I want to talk about this telescope. What does it mean to build telescopes? You know, that's kind of a weird way to phrase it. Um, I see things in images, so even as I'm preparing, like I'm seeing people who are, who are tilling up the ground under their feet to plant crops and to do something that's sustainable locally, but also people who are dreaming out past the horizon. And I want us, one of the things that I felt when we were planting Fountain City was that Columbus, in so many ways, and maybe this is true of Phoenix City too, I don't know, in so many ways it feels like we don't dream as a city, like that our dreams are pretty limited to our city, that people, you know, there's those refrains like you're, you're always going to come back to Columbus, it's the boomerang city, right, that you leave here and you can't quite leave here, you know, you're, you're going to end up back here. And we wanted to create a place where people are dreaming together about what it looks like to be a part of God's vision for the earth. That you would start to identify more with God's family and what he's doing everywhere than you would just locally. Uh, and again, I want us to be people who are cultivating space here, but I want us to be people who are finding our purpose there. Um, you know, years ago, I remember just as a boy, I was at a an evangelism conference. As young teenagers, we would go to Myrtle Beach every single year, and we would go out on, we'd have these worship services, and then they would do short trainings. And then we'd go out on the beach with, with drunk people on spring break, people who were high as a kite. And I was like 13, and they would let us go out and witness to people who were like strung out and drunk on the beach. And I got to be honest, like I, I think today parents would be like, that's not safe. Um, but it like... And it probably wasn't. <laughs> like, I remember some encounters that were insane, okay, of people running out, like having demonic activity in their life, and them encountering the power of God with a bunch of teenagers on the beach and getting saved. 
But at one of these conferences, I was standing at the altar after the service one day, and this old gentleman named Richard Taylor came, and he put his hand on my head, and he started to pray over my life. And he started to pray telescope prayers. He was praying out there this vision for me that was not in my mind. He started praying about me proclaiming the gospel and preaching the word and the power of God coming on people and people being saved and healed. I was probably 12. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the words he spoke. I remember what it engaged inside of me. That It struck a match. It lit something in my heart that still has not gone out. It's only grown brighter and brighter and brighter. And for some of you, you've had that same experience. Someone, just, you know, a passerby, sowed something into your life that was like, like spiritual napalm. It just exploded. And something woke up that has not gone to sleep. And for some of you, you're in that season where God's doing that now. But there was something about um, this long-range declaration over my life that engaged something that I didn't, I wasn't aware of how to get there or what I was doing to get there. I just knew that it was a purpose on me. When we are a people with telescope prayers, people who are building telescopes, we're looking long range and we're asking God why he wants us to exist in this city at this time. God, what is the purpose of Fountain City Church? What is the purpose for each of us as individuals in this body? And here's what I believe our purpose is as a community, okay? Not just you individually, but us as a long range community. And I think this is probably 60%. There's probably all of this other stuff that because you're here, God is going to continue to tweak our purpose and use what he's putting in you to do something specific here, okay? But I believe that our goal is to raise up leaders and groups of families and individuals that will plant churches and Christ-centered businesses in other cities and nations of the world. Listen to me. I know it is a temptation to come into church on Sunday morning and to think that it's all about my personal development. That is a temptation. And what I am so drawn into is the compelling story of the gospel that God will take ordinary, backward, sinful, broken people, redeem them, call him their own, and fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit and use you to transform the world. The world. Not just Columbus, not just your family, not just your workplace. And so the vision has got, it's going to outrange you of what God wants to do. And our goal is not just to create a big, beautiful building in Columbus, Georgia. No problems with that. There are plenty of incredible churches. Our goal, I feel the thing that burns in me at the center of who I am is that God has called us to raise up leaders and groups of families, people who get together every single week, who who God starts to put a dream in your heart about other cities in our nation, other cities in the nations. Some of you are just dreaming about other nations and you don't know why. You just got outlines in your head. You got languages. You see words. There's just this constant thing. You're being pursued by a nation that's not yours. And I believe that God is giving dreams and passions and visions for that. This is at the center of what I feel like we're supposed to do. Our goal is not just to grow here in Columbus. It's to embrace the Matthew 28 call to go everywhere, making disciples of everyone and bringing them into obedience to the Son. Yes, we're dreaming about our city, but we're also laser-focused on what God is doing among the nations. And you can tell that because I'm spitting, right? When I spit, I must be passionate. <laughs> and here's the thing. We, we are in the Bible Belt South. Did you know that? Everybody aware? Okay, so you can turn on like 15 stations and find gospel music. 
uh, or some sermon being preached. But did you know that 42.6% of the world today is still unreached for the gospel? 42.6. There are places that you can go today. I could take you to Turkey or to Tajikistan or to Thailand, and you could walk for weeks or even months and never find a single person who has heard the name of Jesus or is following Jesus. Can you think about that for a moment? I was in Turkey two years ago. I was walking around at night, and the team that I was working with there, they were big on just figure it out, like that's part of their ethos. And so they just chucked me into the street. One of them gave me his phone with a little map on it and said, figure it out. This is where you're going, figure it out. And I got lost, okay? And Istanbul is 18 million people, right? No big deal. Um, And it was nighttime, no big deal. Um, And so I was wandering around, and I just kept bumping into people, trying to figure out what I was doing, looking down at the phone, knock into somebody. And the Lord started to talk to me and just say, Grant, you're not going to you're not going to bump into a single person tonight who has ever heard the gospel. Never heard it. Not on the radio, there's no bibles in their language, there's no stores that are talking about the gospel. Nobody. And I bumped into people for hours and he just said, "They don't know me. They don't know me. They don't know me." And it was overwhelming. Just that sense of being in a place that is devoid of the gospel no access to the gospel. 42.6% of the world, but you and I know, John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Not just our community, not just me. You know, the American version of that is God so loves you that he gave his only son. I believe that. It's just incomplete. He gave his son for the world. And so our heart is bleeding and burning for the nation's And I've got this core conviction that we need to reverse engineer how we live to line up with God's big purpose in the world. Habakkuk 2.14 is one of my favorites. He says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God's big plan is that one day all of the earth is going to be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. We know from the scriptures that Jesus is that glory. Right? The sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is the outward expression of everything that God is. He is saying the earth is going to be filled with knowledge about Jesus. One day you're going to go anywhere. You can go to Timbuktu or in the middle of the Himalayas and say Jesus, and they will say we know him and we worship him. He is our God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> My belly button just twisted. That was fantastic. We have to reverse engineer our lives into that, into that. This is what God's doing. You're like, God, what is your purpose for my life? There it is. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. What does that mean when you live in the middle of Plains, Georgia on a Tuesday? Reyes family, what does it mean? What does it mean wherever you live, Phoenix City or Smith Station? What does it mean for the knowledge of God to fill the earth? And how you live your life today is intricately connected to that. We have to reverse engineer our lives that way. And so what if we begin to see what we do at work and on Sundays and in our communities and while we're serving with kids in the back, by the way, give them high fives and hugs because they're with your kids right now. Um, What if we start to see that as being directly connected with how we prepare people and mobilize people into their purpose and into the nations? Everything you do on Monday, Brandon, everything you do, it's got to be connected to that. Roman, everything you do with campus students has got to be connected to that. 
If it's not connected to that, then we are disconnected from the, from the grand mission of God. And he's calling us into alignment as a church that we will be red hot and passionate about that. What if we begin to dream together about how we can leverage our lives and our friendships and our vocations to make disciples wherever God might send us together? What does Rome look like, Christy, halfway through the week? You know, because God is sending Christy Foster there with this, this hunger for lo- the Lord. What's it look like? I see Fountain City training and empowering groups of individuals and families and sending them to cities all across the world to be a gospel witness. In the next two years, I want us to be developing leaders and a group of like 10 people to send them to start churches in other places. Not so that we have a big name. They'll have their own name. They'll do their own thing. I want us to be people who are multiplying. And I believe that God has put that in the DNA of who we are and what we're meant to do. But we got to cultivate the ground to do that. We have to set something here that is sustainable if that is going to be possible. For some of you in this place, that's going to mean that in years to come, uh, Casey, in years to come, if you're not planting underground house churches in the Middle East, then you're going to go crazy. And I know it. For some of you, that's going to look like doing storefront work in Paris. For others of you, you're going to start businesses in Tokyo. For some of you, you are dreaming about starting a CrossFit gym in Kuala Lumpur, and you, at the middle of CrossFit gym, is Jesus going to be glorified among the people there. Are you with me? What is the vision and the purpose of your life? Are you living it way down here, or are you dreaming with God about the, how the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth? It's going to radically change how you live on a Tuesday. The reason people don't go to communities is not because it's just inconvenient. It's because you don't have a big enough understanding of your purpose. Seriously. If you understand your purpose and that you, are, you need the body, we don't, I don't have to convince you of anything. If you understand your purpose and how much you need corporate worship and prayer, I don't have to convince you to come. That's not the point. The point is you getting ready. Are you ready for what God has called you to do? And it's not just in ministry. It's not just in traditional missions. Man, it's business leaders and it's people who are starting new things. It's military folks. It's those who have trades and who are craftsmen and who are consultants who are going to travel the world and share the gospel in a different fashion. Are you being prepared? Are you ready? Um, you know, when we... I'm running out of time. I've got too many notes. Let me tell you what is burning in us. In years to come, and again, this is telescope stuff, I believe we are going to continue to find people who come into this place and who are called to do pioneer ministry. They actually want to start churches like this, gatherings of people who are worshiping and gaining a vision for their city and then mobilizing that vision. I want to see in the next two years, man, I really believe that the Lord is going to start to open up our ability to send other church plants to other places. What would it be like in two years if we sent a group of people to Dallas together? What would it be like in two years if we started to target New Mexico and looked in the mountains there and just tried to figure out, man, how, how do we impact Albuquerque with the gospel? Becca Lee's there right now starting a house community and a missional community out of our church. How do we continue to multiply that as a center point of who we are? But secondly, one thing that God has not allowed me to forget is that I believe we are supposed to begin a 12-month training program as a part of our church 
to help disciple people, to bring them into emotional health and spiritual disciplines, a lifestyle of worship and character and leadership so that we can send them out to do pioneer ministry among the nations. Are you with me? Do you know what it takes to multiply church plants where you're sending 10 and 20 people together to gain a vision for another city? It takes an incredible amount energy and resource and vision and communication. Do you know what it takes to run a 12-month training program for people who want to start pioneer ministries among the nations? Man, it takes an incredible amount of systems and structure and leadership, all those things. This is what God is burning in us. These are the telescope images that I'm seeing when I look out, and I feel God's heart burning for our city to be raising up leaders. That was the dream we started with. God was showing us a dream that he wants Columbus and Fountain City to be a hub for leadership development and mission sending. This is going to be a hub of sending and bringing back and sending and bringing back and launching new vision because this is God's heart. So how do we get from here to there? In closing, simply, we start to cultivate the ground beneath our feet. We see the vision. It's out there, but we're here. And we can't get there unless I have pioneer people with shovels and picks in their hands saying we will, we will set a sustainable ground under our feet for kids to grow up in the knowledge of God and for people to grow in leadership development and for people to grow into families, midweek communities where they're being loved and they're sharing meals and they're worshiping God and growing in the truth of the gospel together. It doesn't happen unless we're investing in the ground beneath our feet. And so quite simply today, I just want to call you to action in two areas. I want to ask you if you will, in the weeks to come, as we talk about how to invest in this ground, in this place, if you will take up your shovel, not just hand shovels to other people and say, go work, do it, get it done. But you will take up a shovel and say, I want to invest here. I want to contribute in what God is doing in this place. I want to contribute in my life and in those communities and in our gatherings so that people can come under one house, hear the name that is above all names, and catch wind of this vision of the Spirit. Will you take up a shovel? And secondly, man, will you not neglect the telescope? Will you pick it up and start looking through it again and saying, God, what do you want to do? What is your heart for the nations? What's your heart for my life? Maybe I'm called to here, but man, what do you want me to do? Maybe I'm going to live in Columbus the rest of my life. There's no problem with that. But may it be God's purpose and not you just settling. Are you with me? May we be people who take up both. Because we are still in a foundation-laying season. As you stand to your feet, I want to remind you that laying foundations is a lot of fun. But have any of you built a house in here? Several, handful? There's this whole season of time when people are laying foundations, when all this work is happening that you don't ever see, right? You're digging actually down below the surface, below what can be seen. You're removing all the rubble, anything that can get in the way of a solid foundation being laid. And you're putting in systems and structures that enable everything else to be healthy and to have longevity. For some of you, you're in a personal season of foundation laying. You got some rubble under the ground, and the Holy Spirit is there mining it out with you, showing you where the stuff is that's just polluting the foundation. Are you with me? He's showing you, like, this thing cannot stay if you're going to last for a long time. But he's also doing the work under the surface. He's laying the steel and pouring the concrete that makes your life firm. And this is why. 
because God has a vision and a purpose for your life. There's not a single person in here who was born without a vision and without a purpose. But apart from Christ, that thing gets twisted up and goes all kinds of crazy directions. For some of you, you are looking to know who you are and what it is that you were purposed to do. God wants you to know that he has brought you about with purpose and with destiny. But apart from Jesus, you can never find it. Because Jesus is the way and the truth, and he's the life. He's the only way to know why you were created and what you were created for. But when you know him, you come into perfect, perfect clarity. 2020 vision, right? Jesus is that. It's not about a season where the stars align. It's about Jesus. He is the focal point. He is the reason we do what we're doing. He is why we do what we do. And he is the king of your life if you will call on him, surrender to him. So this morning, I just simply want to ask you, will you take up a shovel in the weeks and months to come and start to dream about how you invest in the ground under our feet? And will you dream about what God is calling you to and what it's going to take to get there? Amen. Will you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for what you're speaking today. And Lord, I feel it. This wasn't like scripture rich, but at the heart of all of it, Father, is your heart. Your heart for nations. Your heart for lost people. Your heart, God, for those who don't know you, haven't called on you, God. And Lord, today we just extend out what we feel is the dream you've put in our hearts. And Lord, I confess, if I'm missing it, man, I give it to you. We'll do whatever you want to do. God, if you want me to dig ditches the rest of my life, I'm in. But Father, would you teach us to have a purpose that is locked in your heart and a vision for this community, for our lives, God, that glorifies you, brings you pleasure, God, and brings people into your kingdom. Father, there's nothing, there's nothing we want more than to be with you. There is no one like you. God, when you come near, I feel peace overwhelm my heart. I feel your grace that says I I can't earn it. You're just going to give your gift freely to me. I feel your forgiveness washing over me. And this morning, Lord, I just ask you that you would give us a heart to cultivate what's below our feet. Lord, and eyes to see what you're doing five and ten years down the road. Help us to build something that glorifies you.